Good evening, Sportzonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Agliolaro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. We're recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. And of course, we are rebroadcast, redistributed on all our various podcasting outlets. So as always, we thank you for listening to us, whether it's on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. We thank you for listening to us no matter how you listen to us. And we got a lot to talk about tonight. NFL Week 15 is not in the books. Because we have two games that are, as we are recording, are about to kick off here. Seattle and Los Angeles in Los Angeles against the Rams and Washington in Philadelphia against the Eagles. We're both rescheduled to tonight uh, as a result of the latest outbreak in the league. We had two Monday night games last night. One was rescheduled from Sunday as a result of the outbreak, or actually it was Saturday, I believe. Excuse me. Uh, But the majority... Of the week is in the books. And of course, uh, one of the big, biggest non outbreak stories in the week was, of course, Urban Meyer being fired. If you had uh, right before week 15 in your betting pool there, you won that one. So we got that to talk about, a whole bunch of other stuff to talk about. But he is here with us tonight. So let's bring him on here. Eric Tressler is with us tonight. Eric, how you doing? Hanging in there. Yeah. Yep. Getting ready for the holiday. Yeah, it should be interesting, and we're going to, before I let you go on what you stood out for you this week, I don't know if we want to bring up uh, termination that fired. We do have to welcome uh, someone back to the show who hasn't been here in a while, Um, once he gets his mic on, that is. I don't know how long this is going to take. He's here. All right, do you want to, there it is. All right. Eric Pfeiffer is back after a multi-week absence. Eric Pfeiffer, how you doing there? I'm good, Mike. How are you, buddy? Not too bad. Not too bad. So, normally I start the show off by saying whatever week of the NFL season is in the books. Obviously, we know week 15 is still going on. You got uh, the Rams and Seattle getting ready to kick off here. Is it Seattle? I just had it. Yes, okay. That's, that's correct. And uh, Washington taking on Philadelphia, getting ready to start as we record this. Um, But I don't think anybody really wants to talk about the outbreak that's going on in the league, which is continuing today. So we're not going to really talk about the circumstances behind the games there. We're going to start with some fun stuff. Urban Meyer got fired on Thursday. I can't believe this is where you're starting, though, Mike. I got to be honest. I thought it's like Christmas morning for you, and you're sitting here gonna eat breakfast before you look at your presents. I just nobody won a Super Bowl yet. All we did was beat you guys. No, I'm not even talking about that. But how do you consider Buck Showalter your Christmas, your your early? Well, well, you know, I we can. I'm not going to argue with you if that's where you think we should start. I'm not, but you know, well, I just don't know how you don't come on with a little like youthful enthusiasm and and be excited about listen by by any stretch does this mean you're winning a world series absolutely not but not there yet not there yet is no. this is this a step in the in a better direction than you guys oh, yeah. usually take that yeah, absolutely 
Does it show that Steve Cohen went out and got the guy that he wanted? Yes. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of positive out of that. But like I said, I just uh, to hear you over the first like minute or two there and to have nothing come out about this is to me, I'm not sure if you're just trying to. Well, I'm trying the, the excitement. Or well, it's a it's a little of it. Really don't care. I, I don't know. Maybe no, you, you know that's not oh. it. It's it's not that. No, it's a little bit trying to tamper down the expectations. It did happen on Saturday. The Urban Meyer thing has kind of been an ongoing storyline here, so that's why I went there first. But also, it's like I, I like bringing up the Mets on the show. I I don't need to bring them up every week here. Like you said, I mean, listen. As long as this is where you want to go, I will be happy to oblige you on this. I'll say this. After the season we went through and having to say time and time again, Rome wasn't built in the day, all the dumpster fire tendencies, the three-ring circus tendencies that went on this season that we thought would be gone with the Wilpons being given the old heave-ho and being bought out, the fact that they didn't entirely go away during the first season the last month has been a lot of vindication to see guys like max scherzer sign with the mets the big spending spree that went on before the lockout now yes to get a guy like buck showalter yeah who wouldn't be happy about that um like you said though there's still a lot more work to do does this mean i didn't fist pump when i saw the news went final on Saturday? Oh, yeah, I did. Absolutely. There's a lot more work left to do with this team. We talked about it a few weeks ago, but it's hard not to feel like there's real change happening with the Mets. It just all wasn't going to happen in the first season. But it's got to happen on the field. Winning the offseason is great, but what does that mean if you don't win on the field? Right? Did I get cut off? No, you're there. You're there. Okay. All right. Oh, Dave's trying to get Dave's trying to get in the room. All right. I don't know if you guys are well, I tell you what, Mr. Pfeiffer, the happy Braves fan. Yeah, I'll let you yeah, I'll let you read you you haven't been here for a while. So yes, your Braves didn't win the World Series. Congratulations there. Um do you, thank you, thank you, you. I didn't know if I had to let you know that yet or not. But it's better if I'm the one to bring it up than you, in all fairness. So I hear you, but I wasn't sure if I had, if I had let you know that in any specific way over the last uh, couple months. Oh, I turned notifications off on our group text a long time ago. <laughs> I did. I really did. Yeah. Nah, yeah, absolutely. I want you guys to comment on this, but we have to welcome him in. Dave Hastings is in the room tonight. Dave, how you doing? I'm good, man. I honestly, I had no idea the Braves won the World Series. Uh, yeah, nobody told me. Nobody said anything about it. I, I really, I have no recollection of it. Mm. Right? Nobody sent any pictures of hats or shirts or anything, anything or not, memes or pictures. Nothing. Yeah, not not to my recollection. Yeah, definitely not addressed to me for no apparent reason whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. definitely not. Definitely not. No, no, that didn't happen. All yeah, right. Well, anyway, so I got two. I mean, Dave's been adamant he's not really a baseball fan. Fife, you, 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 you know, you celebrate the Braves, but I think we all know not the biggest baseball fan. I think you both know who Buck Showalter is, though, correct? Correct. 
Okay. Absolutely. All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys chime in here a little bit. And Dave, for the record, I'm not the one who brought this up. Um, Dave, I'll start with you here. Uh, you hear Buck Showalter is the new manager of the Mets. This comes on the heels of the news that we talked about last month with the signings. What, what do you think when you hear this? Uh, I mean, look, uh, Showalter is a name that I actually know and am familiar with to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like, don't quiz me on the guy or I'll feel <laughs> horribly. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I do follow some, you know, New York sports writers and even, you know, specifically Met Beat writers. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, from the sounds of things, everybody's pretty happy with the hire. And, I mean, without knowing too much about the baseball world, I just hope it goes back to you know the manager managing the team during a game and you know not a gm or somebody else or analytic people chiming down and trying to tell him how to manage his team because you know he's an old school guy and i think you should let him do what he does because he's had success doing it in his career it will be interesting to see how that plays out him and billy epler do apparently have a relationship from their time in the yankees organization we talked about that me and uh, eric actually mentioned this last week both disciples of the late Gene Stick Michael, who was the general manager of the Yankees, him and Showalter basically cultivated the farm system that led to guys like Derek Jeter and Bernie Williams and the whole core of that team from the late 90s, early 2000s. Mr. Pfeiffer, what do you say? You know, it's um, you can have a really well-strung guitar, but if you don't have the right guy playing it, it don't make yeah, a difference. Fair. So. If they're going to go out and make signings and, and bring in players, I think as a Mets fan, you should be really happy that they have a guy who's going to be able to play the guitar properly and see the talent and play it where it needs to be. Um, you know, it's just that's really important to me, I think, in baseball is is putting the right guys in the right situations. And I think mm-hmm. it goes outside of analytics because you need to be able to read your players as well. Yes. That's one thing as a coach where I understand analytics um, as if, you know, I used to coach, but I understand that stuff, but there's also like uh, you, you need to be able to read your players and you need to know what's going on. So you can't always go off of averages. You know, you don't know if the guy's wife just banged the third baseman last night. Like you just don't know. So Major league is a very good movie. Don't know that. You major know league saying? is yes I'm, so, I'm sorry i'm just saying major league very good movie Go ahead. but you know what i'm saying right like yes i don't know it's just to me having the, the guy there who's going to be able to read his players because he's done it for so long is a good move other than that i really don't have much to say about it mm. listen I, I i'll close this up I, I mean i'll go back to eric for the final thoughts here i'll close this up though. i'll just say we've said it before we'll say it again there's a lot of work left to do um fife i feel like you're a your analogy about the playing a guitar. That was well said. Much better than I just said it. Uh, I, li- I like that. Um, we'll see if he's able to pull the right things. It would be crazy if the first Met team to win a World Series in over 30 years would be led by a guy who was there at the beginning of the Yankee renaissance in the early to mid-90s. It would be crazy. It's the stuff of dreams, really. I just, I just hope I don't have to be asleep to see it. Eric, Eric, you still with us? Yeah, yeah. It's a transition mm. a little bit even um, to go back to that guitar analogy. Yeah. And, you know, you're right. You, you have to have somebody who knows how to play the guitar, who knows how to manage the players, who knows what they're doing. And to go to another New York team to transition us here. A little oh, bit, here we go. Here we go. The Giants have Timmy playing guitar 
and it's just <laughs> it's not going to work out well for anybody right now. I don't um, know, man. Lords of the Underworld, you know, they're the underrated, man. Oh, come on. <laughs> What'd you say? I said no faith in Jake Fromm. He looked good. Jake from State Farm? No, I got I got no I got no <laughs> Jake from State Farm. I'm actually I, interested I don't, to I don't see what he could do. I don't trust the talent evaluators on this team, and that's my problem, is that this this team sucks. And, and that's I don't why know I like them. how shitty this four and ten team is, which they have three winnable games here at the end of the season, believe it or not, between the Eagles, the the the, the football team, and the, the Bears. But I don't really have any faith in Fromm or or it's not even Fromm necessarily, but I don't have faith in the coaching staff. I don't have faith in the people above to put Fromm in the right position to win. So even if we play Fromm, I don't trust that we have the people there to lead him to success. And that's the problem where you have that with other teams, even with as shitty as big Ben has been this season and the Steelers and me saying that big Ben's done and everything else I've said over the last few weeks, which I still hold firm and hold true. I think big Ben is done. There's still a seven and six, seven, six and one ball club right now. They're still in playoff contention, even with big Ben sucking. The giants just don't have those pieces. Don't have that winning. Don't, don't have winning in their culture right now. And this is the worst stretch of giant football that anybody has ever seen. They've never had a stretch this bad before in their history. And it's as ugly as it gets right now. So that, that that's my summary of how shitty it's gone for the giants. But uh, on the flip side, Cowboys seem to be doing well. Other teams seem to be doing well, even though, you know, Dak not playing the greatest, they're still, Scoring with their defense, they're still playing great defense, and that's what's holding them in a lot of games and getting a lot of stuff done. So, um, I mean, we can sit here and talk about the COVID shit all we want, but to me, it just sucks, and I don't really want to talk about that shit. Well, I close to shutting shit down again, and I just hate that because you hear what the NHL's doing, they're shutting down. Um, not, not a lot, but th- this, they were supposed to, I guess, play some games this week and then take a couple days off till the 27th. Um, well, they're extending that break a little bit earlier. So I know they're going to so plan, I think coming back on the 27th fight, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I still think they plan on coming back on the 27th, but they're just taking an extended break sports like basketball. You see the lineups that are just getting decimated with, with this COVID stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, extremely hysterical that Kyrie Irving comes back off of the hiatus he's been on and goes right into COVID protocol. <laughs> to me, that's hysterical. Um, well, let me ask you something. Wait a minute. He he actually went into it? It wasn't just part of the whole rejoining the team thing? No, no he, I don't think so. No, he went into it. Uh, uh-huh. I do it look, really quick. Just that back on some of the things Eric, Eric hit on through this, like, the Giants have definitely never seen that. Five straight years of 10 losses or more guaranteed after their loss against the Cowboys. Um, I think I heard it per, I can't remember who I heard say it, but there's about four or five guys on this entire roster. If you look at the Giants, that you can look at as building pieces. Then you got a four or five guys that are like right on the line. And outside of that, the rest of that roster can be overturned and with no problem. 
Um, I think going outside of the giant way and, and, and what they've done over the last, you know, several decades, the Mars need to move Hold on. on. Dave, the giant way, by the way, is no way right now because the giant way is losing. So they should lose that giant way and go with the winning. I'm with you there. So, like, I, I just, like, it, when it comes down to the game itself, like, we all knew what was going to happen in that game. We just didn't know how bad it was. Um, but that Cowboys defense, they, they just have a swagger and a confidence to them. Uh, and I think we kind of talked about this after I re- when we saw – Parsons in that Chargers game play pass rusher for the first time all season. Um, the Cowboys have the potential to kind of do something similar, speaking of the Giants, that they did back in 07. Um, you know, when you had, you know, Strahan, Humanure, and Tuck putting their hands in the ground and going after guys. A lot of people forget Humanure was originally a linebacker. Mm. Uh, you know, look, looking at Dallas with Lawrence and Gregory and Parsons, um, you know, they have the potential to really create pressure with just four down linemen. And that that's a dangerous, dangerous thing, especially when you get into the playoffs and, and start, you know, playing in that cold weather and and kind of having to stuff the running game and force third and long. So, um, like what I see out of the Dallas defense, the offense, I, I don't understand why Tony Pollard at this point isn't more of your featured running back. Uh, the guy had averaged 6.4 yards per carry. I think he had nine carries for 74 yards or something crazy like that. Like he is without a doubt, the more explosive running back and the more likely big playback. I'm cool with Zeke, but they're going to really get back and regret that contract. Outside of that though, I, I think you're really kind of uh spot on that, that giant, that whole Giants thing needs to be overturned. And, and we all know you don't fire a, a GM and keep a head coach. So it's either fire them all or roll, roll with them again. But Jake Fromm, I think that kid deserves some playing time. That offense looked a thousand times better. And lastly, the only last thing I'll say about that game is thoughts and prayers to Sterling Shepard. Non-contact injuries are the worst injuries in football. We all know this. Mm -hmm. And all he did was come off the line of scrimmage and completely blew out his ACL. I think it was his ACL. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. but I think he's played his last game as a giant. Yeah. I've talked to some people that think he may never play again. He could be looking at the Victor Cruz route. That's scary. Uh, the only thing I want to say, and then we'll let um, Fife, if you got anything you want to chime in here, you go right ahead. But I just want to say, I think, Eric, you're a little validated here this season because I think most people came into the season convinced that Joe Judge was a building block in terms of a head coach. And I don't think anybody really looked at it as a make-or-break season, even though there was a lot of pressure. The only reason they thought that there was even the slightest bit of improvement last season was because the division was so bad that they wound up stumbling into a playoff race for that um, NFC East title that any other year where you had someone who was you know over 500, they wouldn't have been it. So it gave a lot of people kind of a false illusion Maybe Joe Judge was the answer at head coach. That, that's com- been completely blown out the window right now. And I think if they do, we all know Gettleman's got to go. We all know that one. We've been saying that for a couple of years now. Judge, unfortunately, did nothing to really put himself in the, the answer, the solution argument, and he just put himself as part of the problem. And that's why you do need to have kind of a clean break after this, in my opinion. Five. 
Yeah, you know, I kind of want to see from like Dave. I, I think the kid deserves some playing time. Like, I read a lot about him, and it's not because in garbage time he threw some nice balls. He did sling that one deep ball. At first, I was like, ah, they're backing off. They're playing a little bit of zone on him, whatever. He's, you know, it's the end of the fourth quarter. It's an over game. It's easy to complete passes down, you know, check downs, things like that. Not easy for somebody like me, but for somebody like who's an NFL quarterback, it's pretty simple thing to do is just move about down the field a little bit when you're you know nobody gives a shit if you do but when he threw that deep ball I was impressed but before all that I started to read a lot about him when we grabbed him off uh, Bill's practice squad if you think about it their quarterback room is pretty full right now so there's that's the reason he's on the practice squad I don't think it's a talent thing I think he was on their practice squad because there's better quarterbacks there right now um, or guys that they can't put on the practice squad or cost them money to cut I like him because the Giants' talent evaluation weren't the ones that really put him in the league. It was the Bills, and they've been evaluating talent pretty good as of late. Um, and I just – these are the type of situations that this kid thrives in from what I've read about him, where he – you know, when he went into Georgia, uh, Georgia, he was a true freshman, and he won a starting job there. Now, maybe some, I think somebody had gotten hurt, but he came in and he won that job, and he kept that job. And he sort of thrives in these type of situations. You know, he's uh, – because one brother's six five, he's six foot even, right? So he's short. So everybody kind of always counts him out. Um, and he seems to be a pretty good quarterback. And he could be a guy where if he is somebody you want to give him a shot moving forward, you have to get him a couple of games to see what happens. And then that could dictate whether or not you draft a quarterback coming out next year. I don't think you're trading for Russell Wilson. I, I don't see any big-name quarterbacks coming this way. Why would they, uh, you know, other than for all the wrong reasons, because of they the market can't. anyway, I'll be honest, not to cut you off, but um, I actually heard this today. And even if the giants wanted to go out and trade for somebody like Wilson or sign a, a Rogers, it's practically impossible because the way they built this roster, they built it to include, to pretty much plan on having uh, Daniel Jones back for a fifth year. So if they were going to pick up Daniel Jones, fifth year option, that's what they were planning on doing and that's what they capped themselves for. So right now they don't have the money to go out and spend on a big name quarterback come this off season. The giants are actually going to be cash strapped because of the moves they made in the previous couple off seasons. So they're not even going to have the money, even if they wanted to, they'd have to get really creative in a trade or really creative somehow to cut a lot of salary to sign a guy like Rogers. I got to be honest. I, I think they're stuck with Daniel Jones for next year, too. Well, there's a good chance this neck injury is pretty serious that Daniel Jones has. It, it could, it's, it's not, it's, it could be a disc problem. And if it's a disc problem, then there's a good chance that Daniel Jones don't play anymore. All right. You got a guy who's playing in a league that he shouldn't be playing in. I'm going to say it right now. Like, I was wrong about this, dude. He's, he's not supposed to be there. He's not good. He's not going to develop into anything good. It wouldn't have mattered what you put in front of him. You take guys out of Duke when they lead the NCAA in passing or damn near close to it, and they're able to put together winning records. You don't take guys out of Duke just because they went to Eli Manning and Peyton Manning's football camp. Now you have a guy who led a team in the SEC for four years. He started as a true for three years. Started as a true freshman, this guy. You know, like that's a legitimate quarterback to me. That's a guy I want to see get a chance. So now if you (laughs) – Daniel Jones isn't the answer. I think everybody knows it. They're just trying to figure out a way to get around it. I don't think they're going to pick up the fifth year. If they do, 
I'll be beside myself. He hasn't earned a fifth year. And the reason he gets hurt is because he's playing in a league where he's not supposed to be. He's just not supposed to be there. He's not good enough to be there. And when you play above your level, you get injured. That's what happens in all levels of sport. And now he's at the highest level. And that's why he's get, his neck is banged up because he shouldn't be there. This kid from, he might actually have a good drop back where he gets the ball out of his hand and he can hit receivers and diagnose. From what I understand, he's pretty good in the playbook. They said he only had 60% of it down. I think that's bullshit. I think they know they might have gotten a steal out of Buffalo. And I don't think they want to give him games just yet because I don't know what a practice squad signed player's contract looks like, but I'm pretty sure it's not a multi-year deal. I think you sign him to one season. So if this kid comes out and lights up the last four or five games – then they got to maybe have to pay him if they want to keep him around, and they don't want to have to do that. But all I know is I don't want them to have to draft a quarterback this next year. So if it means giving this guy a chance, it's better than what we got. And it's sure as shit better than the draft we had back there for the first three quarters of the game. That is true. They're bad. Eric was right. Daniel Jones wasn't the guy. You want to see a number six overall quarterback, watch the Chargers. I've been saying that since last year. Uh, it's just you can see we had the human giraffe playing for us this year. What's that? We had the human giraffe playing for us, Mike Glennon. You're never it's ridiculous. Like that. And then, so never the one thing, like I've always been to give credit where credit's due, and uh, Joe Judge has severely disappointed me. It's been sloppy. There's been penalties. Uh, you have a special teams coach come over. You expect at least your special teams to be on point, and they haven't been in the years he's been here so far. So. The one thing I will give him credit for is his players are not quitting on him. And that has – there's something to say there. Like a guy like Leonard Williams, he's got a pretty serious injury, and he could be out for the year right now. But he keeps coming back to this 4-10 and 10 team and putting his hand in the dirt and playing every week. So he's got the players – you know, he's got them not to quit. The locker room believes in this guy. But they believe in him because he's a pretty damn good salesman, and that's just about it. Like he's a good special teams coach. He could fire up a special teams to go out and make a play and then come off the field and sit on the bench. That's what special teams does. But it doesn't seem like he can manage an entire football game to me. And you can expect that in year one, but, like, you got to start figuring it out year two, year three. You know, and everybody's like, oh, well, Belichick didn't have a winning season until year five. Well, maybe he needs a new senior. Maybe he needs some new scenery then. I don't know what I'm to tell you. He's got to go. He stinks. And He's so if terrible. you're going to get rid of Gettleman, I think, you know, for a while there, I thought, you know, maybe we can keep Judge around. It's not bad if the players believe in him and the organization believes in him. You can bring in the right general manager who can be on board with that. But that means that cancels out probably half your candidates going into the next year. But I think it's time for a clean slate. I think it's time to get guys back in the scouting room who can identify talent because – uh I mean, who knew Micah Parsons was going to be a world beater? I think everybody knew. Anyone who ever watched a Penn State game knew. So that's all it took was one game. And these guys couldn't figure it out. They probably broke down film for months. I got to be honest. I am really hoping in the draft this year that the Giants are smart enough to take a guy who could be the next Micah Parsons next year and, and be a defensive rookie in the year. And that's kid Will Smith at Alabama – or uh, Will Anderson – at Alabama, he is a beast and an unbelievable pass rusher talent just all over the field. I mean, sideline to sideline type linebacker that can lead a defense. And I am hoping 
that whatever talent evaluators come in next year, he's going to be a high pick in the draft. The Giants should have multiple pretty high picks, I think, in this year's draft. I would like to see them make a move and get somebody like that to help lead this defense and start getting the pieces in place because offensively, we don't need to draft another skill player. Offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, that's where we need to focus. Um, There's not a a franchise quarterback, in my opinion, in this draft. Uh, I I don't know of one anyway. I mean, even the kid who won the Heisman, Bryce Young at Alabama, he's not old enough to come out yet. So he's not in this draft. Um, But there's really not a great quarterback class. So the Giants kind of screwed this year, I think, coming up next year, quarterback. But until then, you know, maybe they could make some of the right moves to start building the rest of the team. Um, And I hope that the talent evaluators they bring in do that. But I I don't have faith in this group here. Why would you? Why would you? All right. I think with that, we can we can move off this whole thing here. Um, Very depressing. Yeah. So we want to talk about Urban Meyer getting himself canned. Well, I mean, we all saw that coming. I mean, there was, he was, he's, a, he's a shitty human being, though. When you hear about the story about him kicking Josh Lambeau. And I why? Mean, like, why? Kicker, like, just because he's a dick. That's why. Dude, like, I, I came up with a whole new theory about that guy. When you guys are ready to hear it, let me know. I'm yeah, ready to hear but he's yeah. just a terrible person. I don't know if you guys got that, that what I sent you guys the other day, but that 2000 and whatever it was, seven or eight, Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting like a 30 for 30 on that team would be pretty wild because, I mean, I'm trying to get get to it right now to see. uh, But they they had some players on there. I know Aaron Hernandez, Cam Newton, Tim Tebow. Um, I think you said Riley Riley Cooper. Uh, Yeah, Riley Cooper, Joe Hayden, Janoris Jenkins, and both Pouncey brothers. Yeah. He, he, it was a lot of talent, but I got to be honest, you talk about both ends of the spectrum from Aaron Hernandez to T- Tim Tebow, you couldn't have any more stark differences in two human beings, in my opinion. Like, they are the polar opposites of each other. Um, he somehow got it to work, but it doesn't mean he's a good person. And, and uh, to be honest, everywhere he has gone, like, he, he, he left Florida because of, he said, health reasons. And he left Ohio State because of health reasons and wanted to spend more. It was all bullshit. He had scandals and nonsense go on everywhere he went. He just isn't a good guy. He's not a good human being. And I hope this is good riddance. But uh, to be honest with you, I would not be shocked if he is coaching with it, again within a year or two in college. I wouldn't be. I would say two years. One, yeah. one, one full season where he doesn't coach anywhere. And then everybody forgets and moves on with whatever other fucking nonsense happens in this world. And, and then all of a sudden he's back and he takes some, you know, decently named program, gets them competitive, and then he's back at a big name program. He's just not meant for the NFL. He can't handle it. No, no. I um before we go to Fife's theory, this one meme you sent had me dying. So I'm gonna read it right now. This is this is this is not a real quote, but it's hysterical, and you can kind of see him saying it. Urban Meyer, uh, if I'm being honest, I don't know what a Josh Lambo is. Am I supposed to know these guys' names, all of them? 
Maybe what he said is true. I don't know. Listen, I kick lots of kickers. Oodles of kickers I've kicked. None of them complained in the past. I'm not saying it's okay to kick people. I'm just saying I don't really consider kickers to be people. That that killed me. It, it, you could see him saying that. He's Absolutely. That <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fife, let's hear your theory. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Right, I'm oh, getting my oh. tinfoil hat on real quick. Just oh, case. boy. My wackamamie, cockamamie theory about Urban Meyer because my hat's on about so much that he's such a bad guy, right? I just so I was reading along about this whole situation. Right now, the Jaguars are trying to file some suit so that they don't have to pay him the rest of the four years that were on his contract. Twenty-eight million. Right. So here's my theory. I think he didn't want to coach the goddamn Jaguars. I think he had every intention of getting fired and just collecting the money and not having to coach for the next few years and sitting pretty. I think Eric's absolutely right. There were scandals at Ohio state and he had to leave and those will probably come out in a decade. He had to leave. Maybe he didn't want to coach anymore. Maybe he didn't want to deal with it anymore, but he did have to make one more money grab so he can continue the lifestyle he lives and be happy, smoke a bud with his buddies and, you know, banging his wife and whoever else he's banging, you know? Um, but I really think that this guy, I, I have no other reasons to, to why he would run a team the way he ran a team, you know, other than you never intended on keeping the job. But what he did was he screwed is, up. And not, not to cut you off, but the is, what we've heard, I'm sure is just like the tip of the iceberg about the stories that the people in that facility and in, and the, the players could tell about the year that is, that it has been under urban Meyer. Like I, I will bet you that we, we only know a small fraction, like Josh Lambeau probably got kicked, but like Trevor Lawrence, maybe getting like beaten and thrown in a closet somewhere at night, like as like a but hazing like, ritual, like you have no idea. Like, and I would totally believe something like that right now. Coming out of Urban Meyer. But if he's that bad of a person, like who says he took the job with any intention of coaching that team for four years? What if he's just like, oh, well, I don't care if I lose. You know, other college coaches have gone on to lose in the NFL. Nobody really cares at the end of the day. So maybe he just wanted to make a money grab, man. Maybe he had no intention. Like there's no other reason to start Carlos Hyde over James Robinson. Ever, ever, or take Robinson. Well, no, and, to, and it sucked the life out of the team doing that too. Because even you heard Lawrence yeah. say, Lawrence came out the week after, right, and said this team it would be better if James Robinson was the number one back. Didn't he say something along those lines? Uh, you know, I don't know, but I know that the, the interim coach came out and said James Robinson is our number one running back, and he will be treated as such, and he will run the ball, and he will get his opportunities. But like. I mean, the guy was a beast last year, undrafted, came in, had a great year. It's like an inspirational thing for the team as well, you know, to see a guy like that who, you know, he didn't have anything. No chips were stacked up for him at all. And he figured it out. And he had a great year. So uh, just to me, like, I just think the guy never had any intention of keeping the job. And if the Jags had to pay him that the rest of that contract over the next four years, you wouldn't have seen him in, in college football or any football ever again. I don't think he wanted to coach anymore. I really don't. It's a hard taxing job. Yeah, a lot of a lot comes along with it. You know, a lot of good comes with it, but there's a lot of bad that comes along with it. And it's just a lot of hours, man. It's a lot of watching game film. If you're when you're done and you checked out, that's it. You're done. You checked out. But when you need money, you still need money, right? So mm. if he's as bad a person as we're saying he is, it's I wouldn't put it past him. And I think somewhere along the lines, the Jags kind of figured that out. 
You know, it's hard to hide that. Yeah. So that's when all of a sudden you got pictures of the guy coming out and he's kicking kickers and things like that. You know, you think that's the first altercation ever between a coach and a player in the NFL? Well, I mean, no, and the fact that you, I don't know if you heard about the other story that came out with him calling all the other coaches losers in a coaches meeting. Yeah. I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah, because he apparently, yeah, so he, he called them all losers and asked them what they'd ever not done, on, winners in their lives. Not only that, I can't, uh, it might have been the TV show The Biggest Loser. I, I I can't remember if it was you who put the thing in there. He, like, superimposed their faces over the contestants' faces and was saying to the coaches, hey, that kind of looks like you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that, I so mean, that, that really happened? Yeah. Such a bad guy on all levels that I I have to go along with your theory. To me, I'm glad I put my tinfoil hat on because that makes a lot of sense to me that like you don't come in and just do shit like that without the intention of listen, I want to get my ass canned because there's no way that you could think that that is acceptable behavior to do on any level to any other professional. You have people on your coaching staff and granted, you may be the head coach. But those other coaches are there to help you. Those other no. coaches are there to coach with you. And you brought them on and brought them on your staff and for you to berate them and call them losers and this and that. Like, you're the loser for hiring them if they were that bad. You may, like, I, I'm sorry. Like, he, he to me is just such a piece of shit. <laughs> like, uh, you know, that it, it blows me away. I, I, I. If I'm the other coaches, I I got to be honest. I don't know if I would have put up with that. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why the story got out is because I think one or if not other coaches in that room are probably like somebody else got to know about this shit because like, we can't keep dealing with it. Like this is fucking bullshit. Yeah. Like, you know, so I got to think some somebody in that room itself leaked this out. I wouldn't be surprised. Dave, what do you say? Yeah, I think the guy's a piece of shit, like Eric said. Uh, there's really not much else to um, I also like that video of him with some girl grinding on him at the bar. Like, don't get me wrong. If you're a single man, like, do you. I don't care. Take advantage of your fame and your money and have some, you know, 21, 22-year-old girl be all into you. But is uh, I believe he's married and also has at least one, like, that that you're, you're you're setting real bad examples in your personal life as well. So I, I mean, he just doesn't seem like a good human being. And like we said, though, when it's all said and done, he knows how to coach college football and recruit people. Just give it enough time, and people will forget about it. And before you know it, he'll build another program and be Urban Meyer. And uh, you know, I'm thinking it'd be really great if no other college would want to hire him, but unfortunately somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to do it. So, all right, with that. You guys, though, I hope it doesn't happen, and I hope that half of uh, Fife Theory is right, that, you know, it might have been a money grab for him. Maybe he figured I'd get canned, collect the rest of his money. I'll be fine, you know. And uh, I'm hoping that the Jaguars win that lawsuit, don't have to pay him, and screws up his uh his happy retirement yeah be a little justice all right with that we can move off of this um it's a couple other things to bring up you know it was funny 
we did the picks last week, and there was one game that Eric, I'll let you gloat about a little bit because you wanted you thought it was a highlight, and me and Dave were kind of like, no, nah, this game ain't a highlight. Like Lamar Jackson's not gonna play. It's only really a highlight if Aaron Rodgers versus Lamar Jackson that's in there. And apparently that game turned out to be a highlight. Green Bay beats Baltimore by a score of 31 to 30. Baltimore's lost three in a row by a combined five points. That's crazy. What do you say, Eric? I say Huntley looks like a guy who's starting to prove himself. Um, he actually looked pretty good over the last couple of weeks. So you can't really blame the losses on the fact that Jackson didn't start. Um, they're in these games. They're fighting hard. Uh, they've just been on the wrong side of it. That being said, if I'm not mistaken, aren't they still in the lead in the uh, in the conference? Yeah. Or in uh, the, no, I'm sorry, Cincinnati is. But they're tied there. They're both eight and six. They're tied, yeah. Baltimore yeah. eight and six. Pittsburgh just, seven six and one, and Cleveland seven and seven. So the, this whole division's within a game of each other. What were you gonna say, Dave? Uh, I uh, I just was gonna say since he beat him head to head, but Eric got it out, so we're good. Cool. All right, so I brought that up. Anybody got any anything else from this week they'd like to bring up? Uh, Miami's uh, still on a roll. I got to be honest; they're seven and seven now, and they just keep winning. Six in a row now. Six in a row now. That's crazy. They were one and seven at one point this season. Horrible. That's nuts. What was that? The end of their schedule is not horrible. Like they, they actually could probably end up with at least nine wins. Yeah. No, we were talking about that last week. Yeah. No, it's, it's. They got a shot. They got a shot. I mean, they're what? They're only two games back uh, in the division. That's just insane. Uh, I did not picture the AFCs coming down to uh, the final three weeks of the season. I figured Buffalo would, would uh, basically run away with it if we go back to our record predictions, if I remember correctly. But, um, you know, this is it's impressive and something they should be proud of. Uh, and they're fighting and they got some talent. And Tua, Tua made some throws against the Jets that were really pretty, especially to Devontae Parker. Um, I think Parker being back on that roster and in that receiving core is a huge difference for them overall. Uh, so yeah, I think that the, the what Miami's done is impressive. The Saints shutting out the Bucks. I mean, they they beat off out of the four games that uh, Brady's been on the Bucks and played the Saints. He's lost three of the four. That's so, crazy. Uh, that that's and the trolling. I can't remember the corner on the Saints. Uh, I freaking love it, dude. I am all for it. Brady's such a sore loser. He went up to, uh, I think it's Bruce Allen. The, uh, the He filled in as the head coach for Sean Payton this past week. Went up to him, told him to go fuck himself because he was mad that, that the Saints defense was beating up on him. And I was just a huge fan because when it's all said and done, we've seen Brady win, win enough. I don't hate the guy, but I've seen him win enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll bring this up and I'll let you guys comment on it. I think the biggest shock of the week, Detroit dominating Arizona in the second half for a final score of 30 to 12. Can we just talk about how much the NFC kind of sucks? 
as a whole. Oh, we know that. No, no, but I'm saying the NFC, not East, but like the NFC in general as a whole. Yeah. Like Arizona's supposed to be an upper echelon team in this in this conference. And to go out and I, I get it, everybody's kind of got some injuries and COVID and this and that going on. But to go out and get beat by the Lions, who are now like over the last few weeks, what are they? They have a couple wins over the last four weeks, right? They're, yeah. they're, I think they're like two or they're two, three, and one over their last six games. They have a better record yeah. than like teams. Yeah. Pretty ridiculous. But either way, it's an embarrassing loss for Arizona, in my opinion. But then again, I look at this whole conference, and this whole conference is kind of embarrassing. Only one team above 500 in the NFC East, Dallas. Only two, one team above 500 in the NFC North, and that's Green Bay, with Minnesota at seven and seven behind them, at 500. Same thing in the in the South: Tampa Bay ten and four, New Orleans seven and seven. Everybody else under 500. Out out West is the only place anybody's having any success, and then that's with Arizona, who just got the crap kicked out of them by the Lions. I think people have started to figure out Arizona especially later in the season here. Cause I mean, over the last six, six weeks or so, what are they like two and four? I didn't they start the season like eight and oh, or nine and oh, I think you're right on that. I'm looking it up right now. So, yeah. I mean, they're really not playing good football as of late. And I don't know if they, teams have just figured them out or if, what, they started what's really off, going on there. Seven and oh, they started off. So yeah, they've lost four of their last seven games. So Eric, what they're they're literally doing exactly what ended up happening to them last year. Last year they started, I think, five and two and finished the year three and six and went eight and eight. They they are a team that is built to out of the gate, but the problem with this whole Cliff Kingsbury offensive scheme and, and Kyler Murray is that they are Go, 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 go. And when you get into late season football, if you can't run the ball, if you can't control the clock, you're you're gonna lose games. And, and teams are and, and you know, do you have the health to, to stay with it? Like I think you're seeing exactly what they did last year. And I, I don't know if that means they're not gonna be able to, you know win a playoff game or get to a Super Bowl or anything like that. I'm not trying to make those type of predictions right now. I'm just saying that, like, you're seeing a very similar script from what you saw last year with them. Yeah. Fife, you want to chime in? Yeah, I'm going to go another way on this one. Um, and, and and instead of, um, you know, bash Arizona, I'm just going to give all the credit in the world to Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions and, um, for grinding it out and fighting all year long. I mean, a lot of the losses were heartbreakers. You've got to remember that. Like, their head coach was crying at the podium. That's how many heartbreaking losses they had. So, uh, I just – I think that he's got that locker room behind him, even though they have a terrible record. I watched uh, – my son was napping, so I watched um, the locker room speech that he gave after the game in silence. I read the subtitles. And I still want to go out and rip somebody's head off and play football for the Detroit Lions. Like, and I didn't even get to hear it. I just read it. You know, I watched the video and read the subtitles. I mean, I think the Lions are actually playing good football. They have talent on the team. Uh, it's just taking them a minute this year or more to figure it out. But, you know, they have some good talent. And then they have guys stepping up, too. Um, some, some guys who are a little bit lower 
uh, maybe on the depth chart or coming in and making plays when they need to. So I'd rather give credit to the, to the Lions for the way they've been playing lately and gutting out a tough season and really fighting and going, you know. Um, that, I think, to me, means something more than Arizona just doing what they did last year. I agree. I agree with you on that. Um, Arizona is in a little bit of a tailspin right now, but Detroit, I mean, to be able to pull off a win like that. You want to talk about a uh, team who – Players have not stopped fighting for their coach. Look no further there. And that rookie Brown, happy I picked him up, boy, let me tell you. Anyway, we'll keep moving here. Uh, does anybody have anything else they'd like to bring up for this week, or do you guys want to go into picks? The Washington football team is up 10 nothing right now on the Philadelphia Eagles. Just started the second quarter. Huh. Anybody else? Three nothing Rams over the Seahawks. Come on, Stafford. Come on. Dave? Uh, honestly, since we're going to mention the two games, it's the first time the two games have been played on a Tuesday in the NFL since 1937. Oh, wow. All right. So, with that, let's go to some picks here. How did we do last week? All right. So obviously last week's numbers are incomplete because we did pick this Washington and Philadelphia game. Uh, Dave, guess who went 5-0 and last week? If we're not including this Philly Redskins, uh, I'm sorry, Philly football team game? Myself. Oh, did we lose Mike? Can you guys hear me? I can. I, okay, all right, I'm back. So I don't know what you guys heard me say, but what I – okay. So you guys want to guess who won 5-0, and oh, not counting the Washington-Philadelphia game? Because obviously – Dave, because you had started with Dave, so we Dave was like, I guess it's me. It was Dave, yes. Dave is now 5-0. and oh. Not, and, of course, I don't know if this got said before. It's incomplete because we're waiting for the Washington-Philadelphia game from last week because we did pick that. But with Dave going 5-0 and so far, as of right now, he is 53-40 and on the season. He is only one game back of the still first place, Eric Tressler, at – Am I doing my math right here? Uh, hang a second. I don't know if no, you are. No, 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 not, not, okay. He's four games. Wait a minute. Yeah, no, Eric, right. Eric, Eric, you are 57 and 36. So, Dave, actually, you still got some some, some to go there. Write this. I'm up down. four on you, Dave. I'm up four on you. Write this hey, goddamn Eric, thing I've there. Like 13 on me a couple weeks ago. I'm just chipping away, bud. Week 18. Good. That's what I'm taking. I'm playing the long game here. Just making sure my numbers are right here. No, they are. Technically, it's a five-game lead, all things considered. Eric, because you're up six in the loss column and okay. four in the win column. So, Eric's up five. Uh, me and um, five's so buddy. How did I pick an extra game? No, you got you went three and two last week. Oh, okay. I went three and two. Yeah. yeah. You went three okay. and two there. Uh me and Five's buddy Schmelrose went two and three. So I'm at forty eight and forty five on the season. 
Chevelle Rose is in fourth place with 47 and 46 on the season. But he's actually above 500. He's been over 500 the last couple of weeks. So with that, hey, Fife, you want to get your buddy Schmel Rose? Yeah, I'll go get him. Hey, Larry, pull yourself away from that laptop for a second, you degenerate. Tell him to make sure his pants are around his way gets on the phone. Ah, fuck you, Dave. I like having my cock hanging out. Schmel Rose. Here. I want his pants around his ankles. I don't. I, could li- I mean, at the very least, I don't want to know about it. That I'll agree with. Yeah. The only thing down around my ankles is the head of my penis, boys. Thanks. Thanks Ah. for that. Thank you. Thank you. Eric, aren't you happy you opened that door? Close the door. It stinks. Uh, Sadly, my opened that door, so I apologize. Oh, you did? Yeah. Damn it. Good job, everybody. All right. That's why we bring a degenerate on the show. You know what I'm saying? Nice to know you have. Come on. <laughs> nice to know you have a high opinion of yourself there, Schmel Rose. Um, but anyway, all right, so let's start this. Schmel Rose, I've been doing the intros since you've been gone these last few weeks, and I dare say I do them almost as good as you do. I don't know. Dave, Eric, anybody going to back me up? I'm, well, I'm happy to have anybody do it because I ain't doing it. There you go. Eric? Uh I still uh I still prefer the original myself, but you did you did admirably, Mike. You did admirably. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Spellrose, take it back. Well, you know where we always gotta start, right? Yeah. You know, we gotta start top the alphabet with Aguilaros. Aggravations of the week. All right. And we decided that well, I mean they decided it and I just kinda went along with it. So we have to pick Cowboy games for the rest of the season. Whether I want whether I want to or not, I just decided <laughs> to go along with this. Um, so they're playing the football team this week. It's going to be 7-7, seven and seven, it looks like, after this week. <sighs> Give me Dallas. Go ahead, Dave. I mean, look, yo, Washington's playing on Tuesday night. They still got a bunch of people on, on COVID. You don't know who's going to clear. You don't know who might go back on the list. You, you really have absolutely no idea. Um, all things considered, extremely, extremely short week for Washington. Dallas finally returns home after a three-game stretch on the road. Actually, first time since 1987 that the Cowboys won three road games in a row. Um, which blows my mind thinking of some of the teams they had in the 90s. So that's really impressive. Um, with that said, returning home, their red zone offense goes from 34% uh, touchdown conversion up to 74%. Uh, I, I got to believe Dallas is able to pull this win off. And this would actually lot. This is if Washington uh, wins tonight, uh, this would actually be when Dallas uh, clinches the division. Uh, which is pretty embarrassing considering the way they started the year. They could have uh, clinched it three weeks ago. So, um, with that said, uh, I'm going to take Dallas at home. All right. Eric? Y'all are still them boys, so give me them boys. Nobody Nobody here calls them them boys. Nobody here calls them that. Just want to point them out. Dave, you don't call them that, do you? 
And no, no, I don't call them any of the stupid freaking nicknames I've heard people call them. Uh, what I'm saying, we don't call them that here. They're the Cowboys, or in my case, they the Cowboys. Cowboys. Them boys. Fine. Schmelrose. Uh, divisional matchup, chance to gain a game. Got to take the football team. Really? All right. I respect it, Schmelrose. Trying to gain some ground. Got to do it, right? Like, divisional <laughs> game. You guys are going to give me a 3 0 opening on a divisional game. I have to go the other way. It's just, I have to do it. So, All Washington. Right. Yeah, I started doing that. And that's why I'm so far out that I am. Good job there. All right. Uh, go ahead. Well, I mean, next, um, we have the fantastic, wonderful Hastings Highlight. <laughs> All right, so I don't know about you guys, but I see one, two, three, three games. So we'll go in order. I'll just go real quick. Um, I'll pick the first one. Mike, I'm going to make you pick the second one. Schmelrose, you. third one. Eric, you can go last on the first one. Or if that makes sense. There if is a fourth one here. I got to be honest. There's a fourth one. All right, so you can throw that one in there and then pick that one. So I got Colts on the road at Arizona on Christmas day or Christmas night, actually. I got to take Arizona. I think they get a bounce back win against the Colts. Yeah, I'll take Arizona at home. This is a good win by the Colts this week, though. I'll say that one. So what, Schmelrose goes next? Sure. I think with that run game and a pretty solid defense, the Colts actually might be able to turn some heads if they can get to the dance. So give me the Colts. <laughs> All right, Eric. I think Arizona's reeling right now, and I don't know if the Colts are the answer. The Colts run the ball well. The Colts play solid D for the most part. Um, they're fighting for a playoff spot where the Cardinals feel a little more secure. Give me the Colts. All right. Go ahead, Dave. All right. Game number two. I got the, oh, did I pick? Yeah, I picked. Yeah, you picked first. Cardinals. Okay. Game number two for basically the AFC East. Uh, you got the Bills going to Foxborough. Uh, we saw the crap shit show that the Bills were against the Patriots the last time they played in really horrible weather. I don't think the weather in Boston is supposed to be anywhere near what it was in Buffalo. So with that said, I think the Bills redeem themselves and split the season series against the Patriots and get a dub. Hmm. You know, you said I was going first on this one, right? Sorry, I got it. <laughs> uh, I feel like last week, Eric, when you and me were talking about this game, I feel like I was talking up the Bills a little bit. After the loss they had against Indianapolis last week and knowing how pissed off Belichick was after that, I just – I find it hard to believe they ain't going to come out with a total house of fire ready to tear everybody's head off here. So I'm going with New England for the bounce-back victory. Ushmel Rose, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to take Buffalo. I think this is a really important part of their season. They're not playing like world-beaten football like everybody expected them to. Um, and this game is going to be pretty important 
to I think to their success going forward. It's a big mental game for them, and I think they get over it, and I think they win. So I'm going to go with the Bills. Eric, I think this is a law of averages game. We all expected the Bills to be a little bit better than where they're at right now at eight and six. They've lost a couple of tough games, um, especially recently. I think this is a bounce back for them. It's a game where Josh Allen has to come out and make a statement, um, in my opinion. And for that reason, uh, nine and six and nine and six sounds about right for both of these teams fighting it out for the division at the end. So give me the bills. All right. So I'm the only one who went New England. Nice. All right. So what? This is the third game. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, game number three, uh, whether Lamar Jackson plays or not, this game basically has so many implications. It cannot not be a highlight of the week. Uh, so we are going to be picking the Ravens at the Bengals. Uh, Mike, why don't you kick us off? Right, to me, like this Huntley guy really is the wild card here because I don't think anybody expected this guy to – hold water, let alone be competitive in some of these games he's been in. But is he going to be? I Listen, since he doesn't exactly have a world-beater defense and the offense has come back to earth a little bit, we don't know how Joe Mixon is going to be for this week's game. Wide receiving core will all be there, but if Mixon's out that's a, or limited, it's a huge part of their game missing. And that guy, Perrine, I don't think he's going to have anywhere close to the same impact. So there's a lot going on here for both sides. I'm only going to pick them because they're at home. Give me Cincy. Jamal Rose. Well, what you said about Huntley is pretty funny. Uh, a quick story about him. Uh, there's a guy, right? Me and my buddy, uh, Chad, he's been a fan of the show for a while, which is uh, I do this. I used to do fantasy football with him on Sundays, but I've been a little busy lately. Um, his nephew, I believe, we did a uh, we wanted to see what that sleeper app was like. There's this app called Sleeper for fantasy football, and we wanted to see what that sleeper app was like. And his nephew is uh, 15, 16 years old, and he's had a pretty rough go of it in life, um, you know. And uh, so I didn't know that. And in the draft, he had drafted Lamar Jackson pretty early, but then relatively just as early almost a couple rounds later he drafted Huntley and I was like who drafts a backup quarterback in the chat and Chiz told me about the kids rough go of it and you know maybe not everything clicks like it should um, I felt bad but he just won uh, his playoff matchup starting Huntley so because huh. <laughs> he drafted him so there was one guy who knew this was going to happen and it was him so other than that uh, give me Baltimore this week no matter who starts a quarterback all right. Eric. Oh. It's a tough game for me, honestly, because Huntley's definitely a, a quarterback who's capable. The Bengals are a team that seems to be on the rise. The Bengals are more of where I thought Pitt, the Pittsburgh Steelers would be, but even though the Pittsburgh Steelers are only a half game back of them, so they're pretty much at the same point anyway. Um this division is so tough. The Ravens having some tough losses lately. Um, mm. 
weirdly enough, I, I don't know. I just can't get off Cincy at home now. So give me Cincy at home. All right. So Eric's got Cincy. Dave? I'm also going to go Cincy. Baltimore is just so beat up on injuries. I, I think even if Lamar Jackson plays, I think Cincy wins this game. All right. So three for Cincy. Schmel Rose with Baltimore. Eric, you said there was a fourth highlight. Go ahead. Well, I, I got. I think it's a highlight anyway, and I'm kind of wondering um, maybe Dave didn't see it as a highlight. But I look at the Thursday night game. It's actually a decent game this week with the 49ers at the Titans. I was kind of thinking the same thing, truthfully. Not going to lie. Uh, blew right past the Thursday game. Didn't even realize who was playing. So I respect that one. And it's a <laughs> game for both teams. And I mean, you, especially coming into this season, you were the one out of all of us who was the highest on the 49ers. And they're actually starting to turn it around. Look like they're in a, a possible playoff position right now. You got the Titans fighting for the same thing. They're fighting for the division with uh, with the Colts, right? So I mean, they're they're right there, nine and five, eight and six. I'm in the Colts, so that should be a pretty good game, I, I think. Anyway, what one hundred percent should be a good game. Um, mm. That definitely, definitely think it would be, and just so that I can stick with i think i put san francisco at like what 11 wins didn't i put them in double digits i'm not gonna lie i don't keep track of what you guys pick i only write down my own and i haven't looked at it since september anyway so if you don't have that unfortunately i can't help you mike you're the head of this whole thing and you're i so never write down you guys's predictions for the divisions Ah, Mike, you're killing me here. I apparently, no... apparently. Look, I, look, I, I am 99.9% confident I gave them double-digit wins. So even if it's I not think 11, you did. I think you did. It sounds about yeah. right. Yeah, so even if it's not 11, it's 10. Um, so, and the Titans seem to be reeling. There's a chance A.J. Brown plays this week. They still don't even know for sure if he's going to. Um, Julio Jones out again. Um, still no Derek Henry. I, I I mean Tannehill hasn't been playing good. Yeah, give me the 49ers on the road. I think they're playing confident football right now, and they trust what they can do. All right, Eric, why don't you go next? I'm gonna follow Dave there, and I think I'm gonna go with the 49ers on the road. End up with another tight division there between the Titans and the Colts. Both be probably nine and six. Um, after this week, mm. I want to go with Tennessee just to be different here, but truthfully, they're playing like shit. 49ers are playing well, so I, I can go 49ers on that one. Shabell Rose, I gotta go with the pack here, go with the Niners. I think, um, they just have the X factors on their team. They, you know, whereas the X factors on Tennessee are out, Debo ain't out, he's a little dinged up, I think. With Yeah, okay, that wasn't just me. All right, good. No, we lost him there. Yeah, Larry. Larry. He waited until I got killed. He waited until I was – oh, was I out? Yeah, you were yeah. out, yes. I'm sorry. You, say, you, you went out when you were talking about Debo being a little banged up. Hello? Did I, I cut out? Oh, 
Nah, he might be. I think Larry's in a bad spot. Yeah, I think you might be right about that there. That's all right. All right. All right. Are you back now? Chabelle Rose? Eric, let's jump to you, my man. Well, we got to do an intro here. I was going to let Schmelrose do it and merely top it off. But. Yeah, Schmelrose didn't even pick his game. No, nah, he picked San Francisco. We all picked San Francisco. Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah. He's, he he's was, yeah. No, nah, he was just doing the reasoning. All right. But we'll go, we'll go forward here because it is time. Oh, there you are. There you are. Hi. Hi. Do, Hi. We're just, we're just going to move on there. We're oh, going to move fine. on. Yeah. All right. Good, good move. What yep. Uh, Schmelrose, give give uh, Eric his intro there. Well, there's a really big double deuce, obvious double deuce that's staring at us both right in the face this week. So I'm going to let him take the first one, and I'm going to pivot to the next one. But uh, I'm pretty sure I know which one of the two, or the two, you know, two games he's picking from. But it is time for Chrysler's Toilet Bowl of the Week. Schmeller just stepped on me, but I don't care. It's oh, hard. did I? Huh? No, you're good. You're good. So I got to be honest. This is this is a toilet bowl that I, I'm gonna try to. I this is like a Grand Central Station toilet bowl, like one you don't <laughs> even want to really sit on. This is this is one where like. He's getting the, creative. The shit, fights, the, the shit show Fife's about to take is already in the bowl, and he's about to add the second shit show right on top. Like no flushing, huh? No, no flushing in this in this train station. None. It's it's just foul as it gets. And I got to be honest, these two games are putrid. Um, okay. The game, I the game I'm going to start us with before we really get to the shit show that is, and I'm going to leave the true shit show for the shit show. So in the toilet bowl this week, we're going to have the ever so, I mean, you might as well light this toilet on fire and put it on someone's front porch for them to step on. This is uh, the Giants at the Eagles. <laughs> it's pretty putrid. Nobody really wants to watch. And I got to be honest, like I wouldn't even want to step on if it was flaming on fire. Hot foot, hot foot. So who's your pick? The Eagles. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles on that one, too, there. Even though it'll be interesting. This, I mean, I don't have faith in Jake Fromm. Like, everybody could talk him up and have a good couple good throws. Good for him. Hadn't the guy been in the league for, like, five years and done nothing? No. It seems like he's been in the league for a while as backup there. That's all I'm saying. But never really been able to do anything. So I, I'm not going to believe it until I actually see something. So give me the Eagles. Wasn't he? Well, wasn't he? He was just drafted. Yeah. When this past year? His second year in the league. Serious? Yeah. Why do I feel like I've heard that name longer? All right, I don't know. I don't know. I started as a true freshman, uh, Jake from State Farm. You hear it everywhere. Fantastic. Good. All right. Go ahead, Shamal Rose. I'm going to take the Eagles either way. Like uh, most quarterbacks don't win their first start. So from starting, it's likely he doesn't win. And Mike Conan doesn't win any start. 
So let's go with the Eagles. Not not just because of the quarterback. So. All right. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I, I mean, unless the Giants defense is literally four points, I just can't find So, uh, give it. All right. So everybody goes Eagles there. All right. So it's time. Give me a second here. For Larry Schneider's shit show of the week. Ran out of breath. All right. Um, so, Eric, you totally surprised me picking that game. Uh, I really think that there are two two serious, serious turds out there. And I don't know if you guys want me to just pick one of them or if I can list both turds for you. No, no. Think- I want you to drop the deuce if you got a double deuce. So, what I'll do is I'll stack one on top of yours and I'll leave one in the upper deck, okay? Um, the one I'm going to stack on top of yours is the Lions-Falcons game. Um, and I'm going to take the Lions. Oh, see, I've looked at this game, but I'm like, uh, you know what? Atlanta's good enough, and because of that, I'm I'm going to pick Atlanta in this game. I think this is a game where the Lions come back down to earth a little bit after after a good win. All right, I'm going to be honest, man. Every time I picked Detroit to get their first win, they lost, and then the one week I picked Minnesota to beat them, they won. So I feel like whatever I pick the Lions to do, they're going to do the exact opposite here. So, you know something? Fuck it. I'm picking Detroit. I don't care. Why'd you have to jinx my pick? Because I felt like it. That's why. All right. Go ahead, Dave. (laughs) Oh, my. I love the bitterness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Trust me, Schmelrose, you had nothing to do with that thought process. I wasn't even looking at your pick. Uh, I'm going to take Falcons at home. All right. All right. I think we all know where this is going next. I mean, so, you, can only, you can only put this in an upper deck. Like, this, this turd doesn't even belong with the other turds. It should never make it to the plant. Like, this one should just go straight. This is a turd that the... Homeless guy takes on the side of the toilet instead of actually in the toilet. Right, right. and then you know some poor bastard's got to come scoop it up, and that's whoever's announcing the game. Uh, that's going to be. That's probably, only if someone doesn't step in it first. And mm. this might this might be the biggest deuce we've had all season. Uh, and that's I think it is. This is the the worst shit anybody's taken all season. It is. It's the Jaguars at the Jets. It's as bad as the shit gets, honestly. Well, is it? That, like, morning of Taco Bell breakfast on top of, like, a White Castle lunch on top of an Arby's dinner. I mean, you're, like, really, like, and then you want to top it off with some Dairy Queen on top of that. I mean, you really just want to go for the... You want to punish the bull in the worst possible. This is the game to do it. Uh, you know, all I was going to say was this reminds me of when Eric first said the flaming porta potties. And that's as far as I was going to go. Eric just took it and said, you know something, I'll shit all over those flaming porta potties and any fast food joint you've ever thought of. We're going to throw them all in his bowl together. That may be fucking nauseous. That is disgusting. <laughs> 
That's a day right there. That's a day for your stomach. If you want to really go on an adventure, a wild weekend ride, you do that on a Saturday, and I'll tell you what, you're going to have a wild Sunday. So what, you got Taco Bell, you had Dairy Queen in there. Did you say White so Castle? I know Taco Bell for breakfast. Taco Bell for breakfast. You get for White Castle for lunch. White Castle for lunch. You get Arby's for dinner. Ah. And then you top it with some dessert from Dairy Queen. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'd throw McDonald's in there as a mid-afternoon snack just for flavor. Quick six-piece nugget. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, Spellrow, start this shitter off. God, so it's probably the hardest game to pick of the season right here. Like, who is the worst of the worst? It's really difficult. Um, it's more like, should we pick God. a loser rather than a winner? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go. <laughs> Everybody's know, they, a loser for this one. They burned me <laughs> last week. They let. Uh, they just got walked all over it, and I feel like if I pick against them this week, it'll burn me. So I'm going to go with the Jaguars uh, to upset the Jets at home. <laughs> it's pathetic to say, isn't it, out loud when you actually like say the words? <laughs> it went through my head with no laughter, but <laughs> you can't do it. All right, why don't you go next, Eric? I, I mean, I. <laughs> I want to believe the Jags are going to come out fired up with a new coach or like an interim coach and whatever. They're finally be Urban Meyer behind them. Everybody coming out pumped up and ready. Uh, but I just don't see it. And I, I hate this game with every fiber of my being. I'm going to go with the. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for mainly, and I'm gonna pick mainly because I'm rooting for them. Because I honestly think, with as shitty as the Giants have been, I would like to see the Giants end up with a worse record. So I'm gonna go with the Jets. All right. We need a better draft pick. <laughs> uh. I mean, honestly, if the Jags were going to come out fired up after their coach got fired, you would have thought it would have been last week against Houston. But the Jets got some cold. I don't even want to say they they got some uh, they got an outbreak of their own over there. So there's that. Can't put down Ty, right? I mean, I guess you. Technically could, but I don't think you should get a point if you do. No, no, you should only get a point if they actually tie. If they don't, it should just count as a loss. Obviously, I'll, yeah. That I'll agree with that. I mean, it would be totally me to be the one to do that. But, um... Yeah, give me Jacksonville. Yeah, Go ahead, Dave. Give me the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I think we can all agree we are all the losers for spending time on that game. So, with that, Shmell Rose, I think it sucks that this is the week you you come in here. Not because you're here. We're happy to have you here. But I'm talking, normally this would be the spot where we throw to you to talk about hockey. And now the season's on pause. 
Just to recap some of the, the early part of the year, I actually wanted to hear his thoughts on how well the Rangers have started this year, especially now that they're, we're a couple months in and the young talent seems to be producing some wins. I wanted to actually hear his take on that. Cause I know, you know lately they've had a couple losses, but they, they've really been playing really good hockey overall, though. Mm. So don't know what his thoughts are on that. I'll throw it to him. Is he even still here? He's, uh, on, he's mute. on mute. Uh, he's he's on, on mute. Might be a child crying. That's uh, very possible. He probably made him cry, truthfully. Right, we can talk basketball for a minute then, Dave. You got anything to chime in basketball-wise? Hey, man, my balls are rocking and rolling. Sitting at, the, sitting at the number two spot in the Eastern Conference after almost 30 games. They've already beaten the Nets twice. Uh, who is the number one seed right now in the East? Uh, the Lakers, I mean, Jesus, that that team is – I'm amped they signed Isaiah Thomas, I'll say that much. But other than that, that team is a disappointment so far. And, uh, yeah, I, I think when you look at the, the Knicks, I, I mean, there's just question marks everywhere. Yeah, not really too much more to throw in on that one there. I agree with you there. Shabelle Rose, you back? I am back. I apologize. Uh, I had my phone in my pocket, and I put it on driving mode somehow. <laughs> I'm not driving. Fantastic. Well, quick question before we hockey with, with life. Um, what, Dave, do you, what, are you, what are your thoughts on the Anthony Davis injury? How bad do you think that hurts the Lakers' chances? He's going to be out a month. Do you think he'll be ready for the postseason? Uh, this is going to affect them long now what do you think about that i think they i think i think schmelrow's got a windstorm going on there they're still part of the play-in game uh right now so i think they play it slow with davis and you see kind of how it unfolds i definitely don't think they rush him back but he'll be back in time for the uh push for the playoffs you probably won't see him until after the all-star break though mm. nice Nice. I I tell you this, Anthony Davis to me should be considered one of the best players in the league. I don't know how you can consider him one of the best players in the league when every year it's the same old thing. Either he hurts, he's hurt, or he doesn't do what he should do when he's on the court. Like I, I, LeBron is LeBron. He, you know, great player. We know him, Hall of Famer, whole whole deal and everything. Anthony Davis, when does he live up to the hype? I don't he's know. Had, What'd you say? He's had moments. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Do we want to shift to hockey now? As long as our uh, local hockey works. A lot of I watch it. I am here. You there? All right. I am here. Eric, ask him what you'd asked him before. About the Rangers, I uh, I heard the question. Um, I was answering, but I was on drive. <laughs> um, I think what I've seen is a lot of Ranger fans are really excited about it, and they should be because they have good young talent. Um, but just remember to be patient because if the wheels fall off a little bit mid-season or the grind starts getting to these young guys, like 
don't be surprised. That happens. I'm not trying to downplay their success. They've been playing really, really well. They're, they look like a really good hockey team right now, and they do have really good young talent that's panning out. But it's a grind. 82 games is a grind. And uh, we're at that point in the season where, you know, that grind starts to get to guys. Now, this little break that they have might help. Usually the NHL doesn't play on Christmas. It's uh, it's something that they do for their players to make sure they can be home with their families and things of that nature. Um, but this break might help them. I don't think it's going to hurt them. I think that's why you've seen them drop a couple games lately. Um, I think right now what they have is a playoff team, but they might suffer a first-round exit, um, again, because of inexperience. Um, but the future is bright, and as long as the fans don't have their expectations set too high from this hot start, um, I think that they'll be happier over the years to come with some possible Eastern Conference championships and things like that. But, you know, the Rangers don't know how to win Stanley Cups, so I'm cool with that. <laughs> they, they don't really know what a Stanley Cup is, if we're being honest. I don't think winning is the problem. I think knowing what one is, is. But anyway. Um, no, but all jokes aside, uh, they, they do have a roster there where they in the next five to six years, maybe sooner, um, they have a chance. They've put a team together where they have a chance. Uh, they have good goaltending, good defense, good offense, which you need. I think what they're still missing is a, a, an over-the-top force down the middle. I still think they need that number one uh, centerman that will last them for a long time and be able to play that role for an entire se- season through the playoffs. Um, and that's something that they'll be able to try and pick up this offseason. And uh, we'll see what happens. You know, the Devils started out hot. We're staying with the local teams. They fell apart. I sort of expected it a little bit. Um, they had guys – they were getting contributions from guys that uh, weren't expected. And a lot of times when you're getting that, that wears out over time. And if you're – guys that you're expecting to put the puck in the net aren't contributing, well, that sort of uh, – you know, everything levels out, as Eric says, the law of averages. So those guys who aren't supposed to be, you know, world lighting it up like they are, eventually that's going to run out. And if you don't have your stars taken over by that point, um, that then you're going to have a, a team that falls under 500 by four or five games like the Devils have. Um, and the Islanders, I haven't really kept up much with the Islanders. I just – I think that their chance was the last couple of years um, – and I think their chances to, to make a deep run sort of pass them by uh, having to run through the Tampa Bay Lightning and things like that. So uh, unfortunate for them, but I think you're going to see a turn, whereas right now of the three teams, obviously it's the Rangers at the top. I think eventually in the next couple of years, maybe not this season, Devils should join them because that young talent's going to come around that we have. It's just taking a little longer. Um, and then as far as other NHL stuff goes, uh I mean, the players aren't going to the Olympics because of uh, Le Varos. And uh, that's what I say is French for the virus. Le Varos. We, we, we got that. We got that. Okay. Um, and not to bring that up, but I think it's a little disheartening that the NHL players aren't going um, and that we're already seeing postponements. And then the one big thing is when they do come back to play, um, teams aren't going to be able to cross the border. Uh, they've suspended uh, international play. So, you know, U.S. teams can't play Canadian teams again. So we're going to see if they have to adjust the schedule or how that plays out, if that sticks. 
So I'm a little nervous about that. Hmm. Be interesting. All right. Did we have anything else? I think my bases have been covered. Yeah. Well, let me ask file. Let me ask Fife real quick. Do you <laughs> think that this temporary stop goes past December twenty seventh? Well, this is Schmelrose. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. Well, I don't want to talk to know. the degenerate anymore. I want to talk to the human being and <laughs> the human thing. Like, I know the, dege- the degenerate's going to want to play no matter what, but I don't know how the uh, the human fife actually feels about um, whether or not they're going to extend this past the 27th because. I don't know if they'll have a reason to. Maybe they can get enough people back. Maybe they can, you know, they're hoping to stop the spread within the, or you know, different teams this way. I'm not sure. But I, maybe they extend it through the new year. I'm not sure. That's why I kind of want to get your thoughts of, you think they really do come back on the 27th or you think they come back after the new year? Um, what I think is if they, it's hard because I feel like, if international play gets suspended, they're going to have to restructure the league again and restructure the schedule for the remaining games. It's going to be hard. So if they need time to do that, I could definitely see them pushing it back. Um, I mean, I'm missing my game tonight because guys in my locker room uh, had gotten it. And I got tested. I don't have it. I'm back triple shot in my arm. Um, but it's Christmas this weekend and I got to go see my in-laws and they take this pretty seriously. Um, and, uh, so I'm not going to risk going into a locker room where guys have had it and, uh, catch it and then, you know, bring it to my in-laws and my nephews and things like that. So that's why I stayed out. So, uh, are they going to make a smart decision or are they going to make a money decision? What I think right now is the NFL, uh, they just want to get their games in. So they'll reschedule to a Tuesday play with guys who are practice squad players and they don't care. The NHL cares about what product they put on the ice. Um, and so if it comes to a point where they're going to have to start playing with a bunch of AHL guys who may have never made it ever, I don't think I see the NHL doing that. I think they would prefer to push the season back and have the best product on the ice possible um, if they can. And if that means picking it up in spring, you know, and running the playoffs a little later again, and that's what that means. But I think to the NHL, the product that they put on the ice is very important. So they don't want subpart players out there, and they don't want to put out a shitty product. Right. That makes all sense in the world there. All right. So I do want to say one thing now that Fife is back to go off on a different subject. Me and him got together last Thursday over the airwaves, and we did a little Cobra Kai review primer for season four coming out next week, I believe. So we did that, so make sure everybody Who checks that, that one out. Me and Fife. Oh. I did not yeah. know about this. I wish I would have. I might have joined you. You've watched Cobra Kai now? I'm getting into it. I, I gotta be honest, what got me into it is I saw the season four trailer. And I've been, you know, so I'm not caught up yet. So I won't talk to you guys about anything yet. Because obviously, I'm not caught up yet. Where are you but, up to? Uh, uh, I'm only, I'm still in season one. But ah. it was the trailer for season four that got me into. All right, well, and the fact that it went from 
it's originally started as just like a YouTube show, right? Yeah, it's been like, and then it moved to about, Netflix. I think, yeah. So right, right, it moved to Netflix before the third season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did not tell me that you've been watching Cobra Kai. Otherwise, you know, I would have said something to you. I was under the impression because the last time Cobra Kai was brought up on this show, Dave was talking about how much he hated it to the point where he didn't get through to the fifth episode. I, I well, like I said, the trailer is what got me because I was like, wait, it's a good trailer. It was a good trailer, and it hooked me. Yeah. 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 If, you know, all I'm going to say is moving forward, Eric, as long as you can see past, like, some of the teenage stuff that might you might not be into. and I wouldn't and, even have told them that. I wouldn't even have told them that. And just enjoy. Just enjoy the nostalgia. That's all I'm going to say. Enjoy the nostalgia. I will throw one thing in there, uh, Fife, because we said this on the show. The heart of the show is Daniel and Miguel. Or, excuse me, Johnny and Miguel. That's the heart of the show right there. Those are some of the best moments of the show. But the nostalgia is good, too. Did I get cut off? No, you're there. Okay. I'm curious. I haven't heard Dave chime in on this. Dave, did you ever go back? Not a chance, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Unless anybody has anything else to bring up, I will say... I want to keep my mouth shut, but I really hope you guys watch Spider-Man by the end of this weekend because I'd love to be able to bring it up on the show, but I'm going to be nice and not bring it up to you guys. I mean, you're welcome to break up, but if you're going to, let me know so I can leave. I'm not. I wouldn't no, spoil you can't it. it. You can't bring it up yet. Can I give a vague generalization? Well, you're I'm not. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not going to see it until it's on TV. So yeah. Well, here's the deal. Can. I. I'm not, I would never spoil it for you guys. I will say, but I don't think it's a stretch to say this movie's in the bottom of my top 10 MCU movies. That's all I'm going to say. So, in other words, I'll love you're, you know, something you're the one who loved Homecoming, I'm the one who had problems with it. Nah, dude, we're both going to be in agreement on this. All right, we'll see. I mean, you love the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and to me, they're the worst ones out of it. I don't, I don't see how you dislike the first one. The second one, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. I don't see how you dislike the first one. Groot's my dude, bro. <laughs> my least favorite. That's baby all. Groot. Yeah, he no, doesn't. The least, least favorite's funny because the, actually the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise is Janice's favorite. Of all the Marvel crap that I've made her watch, <laughs> she actually enjoys the little raccoon and and whatever. Like she like she actually enjoys the Guardians movies more than any of the other movies. That's so interesting to me, Dave. To hear that you, they're actually your least favorite. Yeah, so I actually like them too. I think they got they got some good humor. I think they have some some good moments of levity. I'm I'm kind of wondering what it you is know what that I, didn't tickle your fancy. Again, I don't dislike them. I just don't like them as much as I like the other. Like, Thor Dark World, that to me is the worst Marvel movie ever made. That movie yes. was atrocious. Iron Man 3 would probably be second worst Marvel movie I watched. But I don't know what else I would put there before I'd put the Guardians movies. I don't know what it is. They really don't do it for me. That's crazy. I want to ask you a question, though. 
Okay, so you don't like the Guardians movies. What did you think of The Suicide Squad? The newest one? Yeah. It was re- stupid as hell. You didn't giant like it? Heart, giant starfish wobbling around. Like, stop it. Before the starfish, it was a really good movie, though. I Look, that opening but- scene, the, the rat or whatever that animal thing was, died and all that like that opening scene was pretty entertaining and funny but all in all yeah no i thought that movie was pretty stupid so you just don't like james gunn movies apparently i i don't know maybe i guess so let me ask you so would you go more on the side of like give you two extremes here guardians of the galaxy or eternals i haven't seen eternals i don't have anything okay uh, Okay, because I know that's a lot more like, like story driven, like you know, uh, different than the jokey kind of fun, playful like silliness that maybe you dislike in some of the other Guardians movies. So that's why I was I was wondering. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, look, I, again, I do not hate the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I enjoy them. They're just. Probably my least favorite. That's all. Like I don't hate them. I would. All right. Well, I I want I, I, I want to throw some other names at you, and these are these are like they're MCU, but they're not quite as related as the other ones. Guardians movies or Black Widow. Guardians movies. Guardians movies or Captain Marvel. Guardians one, Captain Marvel, Guardians two. Ew. Okay. I think that's a fair assessment. Not that I dislike Guardians too, but I uh I definitely think there's some plot holes in Guardians too now that after especially Eternals with the Celestials and whatnot and how ego is supposed to be a celestial. I, I yeah, I think there's a little bit of a continuity problem there. So um I, I would agree with Dave's rankings there of Guardians one, then Captain Marvel, then Guardians two. Guardians yeah. To me, the only part of that entire movie that was, like, amazing and I would watch over and over again is Baby Groot. Baby Groot's my dude. That, I will watch Baby Groot. <laughs> that opening scene, dancing around, freaking love, <laughs> trying to tell him what button to push and when to push it. I am Groot, like, dying, dying. Baby Groot, without a doubt, is the shit. Outside of that, I could live with basically that without that entire movie. Blasphemy, but okay. All right. Can I just say, Baby Groot is my favorite entire. Is my favorite Marvel character of all. It's Baby Groot. All. Baby Groot was amazing. I watched all day, every day. There you go. Teenage Groot was a hit, but I still like him. I think on that note, we'll end the show there. Um, thank you, Eternal, to- though, isn't he? I'm only going to say that because you really, you really can't fully kill Groot because as long as a shard of him is still there, you could regrow Groot. No, Groot is a Groot. He's his own race. He's not an Eternal. Eternals aren't no, the I'm only ones like that. Yeah, Eternal. I'm not saying he is an Eternal. I'm saying that his life is Eternal. Basically, yeah. No, he's almost yeah. a character that, much like a Wolverine or a Deadpool or whatever else, can regenerate 
from next to nothing and come back has that yeah. regeneration factor to his species. Absolutely. Same as the whole, same as, you know, a bunch of them, they, they regenerate, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. With that, I think that'll do it for us here tonight. Thank you everybody for listening on all of us. Ah, come on. No, no, no. Ah. We are not getting out of here without talking about this. I am sorry. But I know Fife is going to appreciate it. I'm 99% sure Dave is going to appreciate it. Mike, I'm pretty sure you don't give a shit about it at all. But I think it was really cool this weekend to see Tiger Woods and his son playing in a golf out, playing in a PGA Tour event, in, a, in, a, in an event where they were competing with, uh, you know, together, and to come within two strokes of the man, the myth, the legend, John Daly, and his son, John. John too. Um, I, I I gotta be honest, like that was a fun, cute, like entertaining moment from the weekend. That was actually like a feel good story. And I mean, to see John Daly smoking a heater uh, on the fairway while Galvin is get is just hysterical to me. There is never going to be another like John Daly. Um, him and his son shot it combined. I mean, it was a scramble, so I, I think it was best ball scramble. So I mean. They shot a, a combined like 27 under, which was like course record or, uh, or, or an event record. And Tiger and his son only finished two strokes back, which Tiger and his first competitive play back after the car accident and all everything that's happened to him is pretty unbelievable, in my opinion. And I think just a really cool story. And I mean, Tiger just saying how he was able to get out there and play with his son. And, you know, enjoy the weekend was, was, was awesome. And to hear John Daly and him and his son talk about it afterwards was, was, uh, was really great to watch. I don't know if you guys saw any of it. I think the belts they got were, were pretty cool. I mean, they were small, like, championship belts. Um, don't know if you guys saw any of this, but I, I think that, you know, you guys have probably at least heard about it. And I don't know if you got anything to say. I didn't know what that meme was when you sent it, truthfully. Now it makes sense. Sounds cool. Go ahead, Dave. All I know is Tiger came out and said he was just going out to have fun. He was still ripping 300-yard drives like it was nothing. Um, Outside of that, his stuff has one of the smoothest swings I've ever seen a little kid have. And and that kid, I mean, if he actually takes – He's young, too. He's real young. Where John Daly's kids at least going to like Arkansas, like he's a teenager. Tiger Woods' kids, what, like 12, 13, 14 years old? I, I think he's 12. Yeah, that's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, no, that, that it was fun. It was cute. But Tiger is, I don't know. He's that guy that makes me think like, uh, you know, when Jordan came out of retirement and played for the Wizards, you're like, what are you doing? And simultaneously, so came out and averaged 20 points a game. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think Tiger's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if you see him on the tour and get another win. Maybe not this year, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see that. Golf is better when Tiger Woods is relevant. Yeah. Shmel Rose or Fife. Whoever if it somebody, is. Let me say, let me ask you this. If somebody were to ask you a question without you knowing the answer, and that question was, who's Fife's favorite golfer of all time? Who do you think you'd say? John Daly. John, John Daly. Daly. 
hundred percent. So it was really cool to see him with the big old beard out there and his kid. And I, I think it's great for golf to know that there's another, there's another woods coming through, you know, and there's another, uh, another daily coming through. So hopefully these kids will end up being good enough to uh, play it out. Daly's you know? kid was ripping yeah. some putts, man. He had a great short game. He beat stroke some really nice putts over the weekend. And Tiger really? and his kid, I think, what, they birdied 10 of their last 11 holes? Yeah, like, <laughs> they shot really well. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was a lot of fun. So I knew at least you and Dave have heard of it. I figured Mike didn't know shit about this, but... You're not, you're not totally you're not totally wrong there. I'll tell you the PGA though. The PGA is like they're coming all over themselves about you know another Tiger Woods coming up and all that. They love it. They love it. They're seeing the dollar signs already. They should start embracing John Daly more and more than they do now because he that man's a, that man's a legend. He's a walking legend. He, he's just a walking like dog. I mean, with all his problems, gambling and drinking and everything else to still be out there, still be doing it at a high level, turn his life around, um, and, and yet still just be himself at the same time. Uh, he's he's one of a kind. You're never going to really see another like John Daly, and maybe you'll see it in his kid. Uh, his kid was decked out head-to-toe in Arkansas Razorback gear. So I guess that's where he's going to college. I guess they're big Arkansas people. But I just thought it was funny. He even had an Arkansas Razorback belt buckle. Like a big ass belt buckle, <laughs> like it's how serious he was. It was it was funny. It was interesting. It was cool. It was everything that you want golf to be. And uh, yeah, I think this was a really great thing for golf this weekend. I know it's December. I know it's way too early to really be talking about golf, especially around here while we're literally starting winter today. But at the same time, this was a great story and. Uh, happy to see Tiger out there. Happy to see John Daly out there, and happy to see them both playing at a high level. If I had to do a description for John Daly, it would be golf's modern day Babe Ruth. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's pretty Big, good. Sloppy and a lot of talent. There you go. No. All right. Is there anything else? Mm. Nothing. Well, I mean, uh, no, because we'll talk next week before uh, the college football playoffs start, so I don't need to bring that up yet. There's some bowl games on. Watch them if you want to. Uh, might see some NFL talent in there somewhere. So, you know, always worth watching if you can catch a bowl, random bowl game on. But other than that, maybe I'll bring up some college football playoff stuff next week. Fantastic. All right. So now I think we're ready to wrap up the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us on all our various podcasting outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. We always thank you guys for listening to us, no matter how you listen to us. Let's do some final thoughts here. I, I've, I've lost track now. Eric Pfeiffer. Hey, guys, I just wanted to say Merry Christmas to you, gentlemen. It's a pleasure doing this with you when I can get here. I'm glad you guys accept me, even though I don't show up every week. Um, so Merry Christmas, and Schmel Rose is over there yelling Happy Kwanzaa for whatever reason. But, uh, <laughs> I hope you guys just enjoy, and I hope you guys have a great holiday. And it just I hope your weekend is everything that you want it to be, because I love you, gentlemen. Thank you, sir. Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas to you and the family. Yeah, right back, right back at you there, Fife. 
Dave Hastings. Uh, so I heard, I saw this quote today, and, and something I think we all should uh, be happy about is that today is the shortest day of the entire year. Life will only get brighter and have more light in moving forward. So let's enjoy that. Other than that, uh, Merry Christmas, guys. Genuinely happy to be able to do this with you every week. And uh, I'll chat with you guys next week for the uh, last show of the wonderful year of 2021. <laughs> well said there. Hey, man. Thanks a lot, Dave. And Eric Tressler. As always, stay sweaty. Stay sweaty, my friend. Yes. And I am Mike Agley, Laura. Merry Christmas to all you guys. Thank you all for being here. Merry Christmas to everybody listening. And once again, we will see y'all next week. Come on. Who's this? <laughs>